You're listening to a Mind Cherry podcast. Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy. I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on and around a bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hello, Malin. Hey there, Kelly. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, I never did ask you, Malin, how was your Valentine's Day? I know we're a couple weeks past it now, but never too late to ask. Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. It was, let's see, low key. I wouldn't say it was the worst one I've ever had, Okay, but I wouldn't rank it up at the top either. It was kind of Mm -hmm. one of those middle of the road. You know, we went to dinner. John got me some flowers. It's exactly what you'd, what you'd want, you know? It's exactly what you'd want. Well, you are making me miss being coupled a little bit. I have oh, to say that's one of those I hate days. To hear I, that. No, no, no. It's a, not your fault. It's just always one of those days I loved. Um, not that Derek was always doing anything to make it particularly special for me, but I just, I just love the day. I love oh, the celebration of love. Yeah, I do. Yeah, some people are big, big on that. And mm-hmm. you know, something my mom told me is. Some people have to make a big deal out of Valentine's Day because they're not doing a good job showing love the other days of the year. Isn't and that so true? sometimes I think that can be a little bit of a, uh, a true thing. So I've always sort of liked it in this, in this relationship. Uh, certainly I've had past ones where this isn't the case, but we don't put too much of an importance on Valentine's Day because the right. idea is it's, uh, you know, love is a year round thing. Right. I do remember though, and you know, your first marriage, I mean, well, to the chef. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, Yeah, the stuff he would come to set and do even to your trailer on Valentine's day. It was like, Whoa, buddy compensating much, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're a piece of shit, 364 (laughs) days of the year, you really got to turn it on right on February 14th. And boy, did he. And it also, I mean, that was, that was so crazy too, because as a chef, he's actually, that's one day of the year where it's very important that he be at his restaurant. And I remember it just causing so much, so many issues with his, with his staff and his sous chef quit on him one year because I mean, it was just disastrous. And then of course that's my fault. Right. So, right. Which for listeners, let's translate. Not at all. Actually, is it your fault, but he would always make it your fault. So exactly, exactly. So uh, don't miss those days. So when I say it wasn't the worst Valentine's Day, it wasn't the best Valentine's Day, it's what I wanted. I want yes. just a low key, nice day, gorgeous mm-hmm. flowers, a tasty meal. I had this, uh, just a delicious truffle pasta. Uh, sounds great. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Did you do uh, Valentine's with the girls or? Yeah, I like yeah. to make them little Valentine's morning baskets before they go off to school. Oh. Just let them know that they're loved and oh, that's yeah, so sweet. just fill it with sort of candy and cards and, you know, it got them each a little sweater, so... And are, I, this might be too personal, but are the girls, you know, are they, dating isn't the word. Are, are they interested in, right. in people at school? You, you know, know, what's the, what's the landscape like in that, in that age group? I like to pride myself on being a mom that they can go to about this kind of stuff. But so far their, their lips are sealed, you know, and they are still yeah. young enough that I think, well, I don't want to. I don't want to force romance on them if they're not no. thinking about it. Better yeah. if they stay focused on school and their friendships and their extracurriculars. Totally. But I, I do fear the day when when I hear one of them say, Mom, 
I, I have, I have a, crush. a crush on a boy mm, yeah. or a girl, you know, or a girl that could happen. Be. Gosh, yeah. whole new world now than when I started raising them. I think I, that I wouldn't even have considered, but yes, of course could be a crush on a girl and we'd could, be yeah. so happy about that. But either way, dating's trouble, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually I need to check myself because asking that question, it doesn't feel very supportive of women and girls to me actually to be all, Oh, are you into, are you into boys yet? Are you into girls yet? You know, just like, let them be kids. Let them, let them read their right. books, you know? Oh, that's a great point. I don't know, Mel. And I think, I think don't, don't be too hard on yourself here. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think I'm still feeling like not totally with it because of the Carly situation. And yeah. I had, I interviewed a, a candidate, not Kelly's niece for those wondering, um, a total rando who had, I guess, heard me saying on the podcast that I was, in, you know, looking for stuff. So a fan. Well, you did specifically solicit, to be <laughs> fair to her, you you did say, email me your resume, writingaroundpod at gmail.com. Yeah. I guess I was just hoping for a higher caliber of candidate with that request. Right. Sometimes that happens, you know, someone sends in a resume and you see that it's, there's not a ton of experience on there, at least relevant experience. You're going to have raised eyebrows. Exactly. Exactly. And someone being the chapter of a fan club in, you know, wherever the middle of the country, that's sweet, but yeah. is it something yeah. I necessarily want in my personal assistant? I don't know. Cause maybe that's a level of devotion that I should be afraid of. Well, and she sort of tricked me too, because we, <laughs> we got on zoom and I, you know, you do your pre, you know, meeting sort of your small talk. And I say, Oh, where are you thinking she's going to name a neighborhood in Los mm, Angeles? That you recognize. And she says, she says, Kansas city. And I, mm. I'm like, sorry, Kansas yeah. city as in, in like the Midwest, like right. what? <laughs> like, and so, yeah, it turns out like she was willing to move here for me. And I just, okay. to be honest, that's a lot of pressure. Right. And I yeah. get job market is hard and, and she was actually, she was very nice. And, and, and I, I, if she, she's probably listening to this, you were very nice. So nice. So lovely actually. But Kansas city, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want the pressure right. of having to employ someone and also pay them enough that they can move all the way here. I mean, this is a part-time thing. The pressure was just too much. That's so. tricky because in a, I, I won't tie this to me too necessarily, but I will say <laughs> we're in an era of scrutiny now of right. celebrities and, and notable yeah. people where, Listen, Ellen's getting blasted for how she treats employees. People, it's not just yes. this the sexual misconduct anymore. It's how do you yeah. treat the people mm-hmm. around you? And in a case like this where someone is, as you said, moving halfway across the country to Jeez. work for you, if that experience doesn't end up exactly the way she wants, could it get ugly? Could she go right. to the press and say, oh, she treated me such and such? It feels, it feels yeah. possible that she could. Exactly. And so you're just trying to avoid that kind of mess. Yes, you get it. I mean, obviously you get it. And I hope our listeners understand as well. I'm just not trying to end up on, you know, some sort of subreddit or right, a, a list, Dumois, whatever, right. where it's bad boss o'clock. I don't want that. Right. Cause you're not, that's not you. No, no. And I, you know, Carly, despite our differences would never go online and say anything bad about me. I don't think. No. I can't imagine that she would. And we've obviously, I, I will be implementing a, an NDA going forward just because I think. Oh, you didn't have one with her. Look, I, you know, I'm a lifelong learner and I don't uh, know that I, when you're new at something, you think this is going to go great. Right. I, I had no idea that Carly and I might end on a little bit less than super positive terms. Right. And, but I trust her 
And I don't think that she that that would be posting necessary. Yes. Right. Yes. And yes. that's all we can do. It's a hoping game at this point. Exactly. Well, speaking of hope, got a little hope in this episode here that we're about to recap. Yeah. Huh? yeah. It's a nice, you know, spirited B story that we have. I know. And Kelly, this is so crazy, but I think this is the first time we're going to be talking about Carl and Damien. It really is. Which feels crazy because they're part of the 10. It's so weird. They're part of the 10. They've been sitting on this bus since the very first episode, but this is the first time that we've mentioned either of their names. I mean, that we definitely, certainly that we've read either of their names, you know, they had small moments. Probably come up before, you know, just in passing, but I don't think they've had full episodes centered on them, which is what brings us to this wonderful opportunity today where we get to chat about these hilarious guys for, for an entire episode. Great. Season four, episode nine. Carl starts a campaign for quiet hours on the bus. Meanwhile, Damien launches a fundraiser for the Community Arts Center in Bristol. So that's the hopeful part I was talking about. I just think it's nice. Oh, Community Arts Center. Yeah. Yes. Just to see another part of the city, another population and mm-hmm. you know, focus on a, on a service that's beloved to the city. I think that's very sweet, but underfunded. But as we learned through Damien, you know, it's not it's not a lost cause. People really come together. Um, and throw together their, their loose change for this place. And mm-hmm. they're able to keep it open for another year. You're right. It was kind of an uplifting episode. And and then I think what a funny, I won't say intro, because again, we know him, but just a chance to really highlight Carl and his sort of mm-hmm. persnickety, you know, needing it quiet all the time mm-hmm. kind of way about him that he has. And this character, Carl, of course, played to hilarious effect by our friend Wilson Boyer, uh, who will have at some point... Uh, on the podcast, join us and, and yes, and talk we have about to playing Carl. But yeah, just the exact sort of. I'm trying to think who's who's a good celebrity equivalent because you know Wilson is so beloved, but hasn't hasn't acted a lot since. What do you think is another actor who does a great job of playing a neurotic type? Oh, um, how about um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, A Modern mm-hmm. Family? Yes, um, exactly. I think Wilson. Yeah, I think he and Wilson have a lot of similarities, um, yeah. at least in the characters they play. Right. Not speculating about personal life at all. Um, and Wilson actually is kind of a chill guy IRL, but just this character was so, um, like I said before, persnickety. I mean, it's hard to think of a better word. Um, and mm-hmm. you know what, Kelly, my fingers are itching to look that up and I'm just not going to. Don't. Don't, Mullen. We'll yeah. do it off the clock some other time. People aren't uh, interested People aren't in grateful. that. <laughs> Sorry, interested. Wow. Boy, aren't I getting... No, I think... Let's call it what it is. Yeah, it's a lack of gratitude, I think, for a service yeah. that we were ready to provide. Yeah. We're ready. And that's tough, but moving yeah. on. Well, it's fun because the bus does break down into two different factions, those in support of the quiet hours in the bus and those who aren't. My character was fully in support. Oh, of course. Classic. Yeah. And um, I mean, of yeah, like obviously uh, Ethel right. was in support. Frankie, obviously right. not in support. Nor um, was Jackie. Jackie's got a young daughter and does not yep. want it yeah. put on her to be quiet all of a sudden out of nowhere. You know, she's almost using the bus as daycare in some some episodes. Yeah. And and Jackie uses this as sort of a platform to talk about children's rights and just like we can't expect children mm-hmm. to be quiet in, you know, all these areas. And so anyway, then Carl, of course, has the funny idea to just make the quiet hours the nighttime hours when ideally Sylvia is asleep. But then when Jackie and Sylvia have that late night and they both get on the bus, 
Sylvia won't shut up. I mean, that's so funny. It's so funny. Oh, it's such a funny scene. She's all jacked up on sugar from friendlies. I've let her had that meal. Um, (laughs) Now I'm not going to remember what it's called anymore, but the two um, with the two cones and the, Oh yes, you, you know, that's you fun. It was a clown meal. I yeah, can picture it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Any friendlies fans listening to the podcast, let us know. Write us. I mean, you know about anything you want. Always writing around pod at gmail dot com. But boy, did I love friendlies growing up, and it seems harder to find them these days. And I hope they're still around. Did you grow up with friendlies by you? Because I, I actually didn't. Oh, funny. Huh. I first had friendlies um, on a trip up in. Uh, New England, I think, with, with my wow. mom, but it wasn't until my late teenage years. Yeah. Huh. That must be a, re- a quirk of our respective regions. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is another, you know, sort of geographic segment that could be fun and looking up where are friendlies, but. Right. Where are the different chain restaurants? Where are, yeah. you know, we're just trying to learn always on the show. And who grew up with Bojangles? Who mm-hmm. grew up with Hardee's versus Rallies, the Carl's Jr.? Yeah. yeah. These things. Cookout? Anybody? 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 I mean, you got, anyway, <laughs> this isn't that show. Right. Maybe another show. Yeah. Maybe a different show. Know. We have another podcast in us, Mel, and I, th- I think you and I could do it. Hopefully. No, I think we could. Yeah getting other work, you know, Um, that would, well, I hate to say it, but I do, I had the, I, I'd call it a nightmare, but a dream the other night where I, we were done with this show. (gasps) We did the final episode recap and I was bereft. Like I didn't know what to do with my life. Oh God. And, and so dream me reached out to you to pitch. What if we just like pivot now to doing just a regular talking podcast mm-hmm. where we talk about whatever we want and you didn't want to do it oh. in the dream. You didn't want to do it, Kelly. And so I was <laughs> really upsetting and I woke up, for, you know, whatever I didn't, I told John, I didn't tell you cause I don't, I don't know how you're feeling about, you know, the future oh, and whatever. So I, I didn't want to freak you out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Of course, you know that I would absolutely any journey you go on. I am, I am yeah. by your side podcast or otherwise. So next time dream Kelly says, no, I, give her a little smack in the head. I think. I think I will. Just, I think I will. Yeah. And of course, yeah, because Dream Kelly and Dream Mullen aren't thinking about the fact that, well, by that point, we're a successful production company. Right. And we've got multiple things shooting. We've got things in the pipeline. We're in edits right. on our docuseries with Chris Cornell, uh, who we spoke with last week. Go check mm-hmm. that out. That episode out if you haven't oh, heard definitely. it already. And so, yeah, I wasn't obviously... Dream Mullen wasn't thinking straight. <laughs> she, no. as she often doesn't. Well, right. She does get a little mixed up, but <laughs> who doesn't? You know, as, as we sleep, our, our minds run wild. And yeah. I had a dream the other night where I, I straight up stabbed Derek. I Oh, dear. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of violent dreams. As a rule, I'm not a very yeah. violent person. Yeah. But I, it was over and over that I did it. And I thought, oof, wow. don't I have some stuff to work out? Yeah. Well, did you wake up upset or relieved or what? I woke you know? up regretful. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just to explain that reaction a bit, I think. No, no explanation needed. That it's. A- yeah. Just if you woke up feeling... Well, that's nice. I think that would right. have been sort of a metaphor for closure or something. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you feel bad about it, I mean, I'm no dream interpreter, but does that mean you you do still want Derek in your life on some level? I or I mean, he is, you know, with with your yeah, daughters, he's the like he's of my children. He's yeah. going to be there. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I hadn't. I honestly hadn't 
really thought too hard about it. And now that you're asking me what it no, might mean. No, no, no. Well, we shouldn't. Let's not, th- uh, let's not think too much about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I won't. I won't. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it off and we'll get back to this amazing episode. I think your line that you say to my character in this episode is so funny because my character's being a little judgy, judgy <laughs> about Sylvia being out mm-hmm. so late and, and being hopped up on sugar. And, and you say to me, when you've got a kid, then you can talk. Oh, it cracks me up. Yeah, then you can talk. Yeah. <laughs> then you can talk. <laughs> then you can talk. Then you can talk. <laughs> right. And, you know. You th- you look into camera after. You're like, it was. it's not just the line. It's right. also, you look into the Thank camera you. and it's almost at, like, the rest of the audience, too. Right. It's like this thing of, mm-hmm. like, oh, so you're all judging? Let me know. Right. And you I hope that kid. people took that to heart, you know, because I do think there is... There's an instinct when we're in public to judge the way that people raise their children or discipline their 100%. children. I do it all the time. Uh huh. Oh, well, sure. And I check myself. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think about this episode because, look, I don't have ones of my own. What do I know? Right. It, it, you know, you know a lot. I think you know basically how people should act in public. And sometimes kids don't do that. But, you know, still important to But remind. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Very good. That was a test, Mullen. And you passed. Oh, I love to pass your tests. Kelly, did we get any listener questions for this episode? We got a bunch of emails this week, just scrolling through, seeing which are anything related to Carl and Damien, because I know people were excited that we're finally getting to talk about Oh, and we should talk about Damien. Oh, yes. Played by Stuart. I always want to say Stuart Little. (laughs) I know, but it's not. It's Stuart Matheson. Stuart Matheson hilarious guy you guys Mm -hmm. might know him these days he's playing a dad on a cw show the name escapes me right now yes and me too but he's um, hilarious on it very very funny and they don't always let the parents be funny on those shows but that's a testament to Stuart, where Mm -hmm. they they were really writing to his strengths which i'm jealous of Right. Yeah. Well, men just have it easy that way, sort of, I think. Don't and, they? Uh, yeah. Not to discredit him or his comedic timing, but yeah, your guy on a CW show, they're going to let you be the funny dad. Yeah. Yeah. And aren't I so lucky that I got to be the funny mom on this sitcom for so long because it doesn't right. always shake out that way. But yes, yeah, Stuart, a, a comedic powerhouse and, and, and we'll be checking in with him later. You know, the way he storms onto the bus and... No, it's just, it's a five alarm fire. We got to, we got to fundraise for this community arts center Mm -hmm. and the arc of everyone over the episode is so nice actually because we all go from doubters Mm -hmm. to To believers art lovers just Mm -hmm. in the course of an episode and him bringing those local artists onto the bus to sort of make the case like this is my Mm -hmm. only showcase blah 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 it's one of the more moving episodes we've had in in kind of a long run yeah and you gotta, gotta give it up for the art department again the you know, the paintings that they created for all these local artists to bring on were so sweet and very on the nose. You know, there is sort of a style to local art um, Mm -hmm. by untrained people, I think, you know, and it's sort of a landscape focus or we're doing a coffee cup on a table. We're not really hating the the great subjects of, uh, you know, history and literature. We're doing sort of simple, very colorful, I would say. Yes. Yes. A lot of color. Mm -hmm. And the art department really nailed that and all of those quaint little paintings from these small town artists. I remember talking to someone in the art department and just being like, where did you find these? And apparently one, you know, they had 
painted them themselves. And so wow. I, I didn't mean it insulting. And, no, and they were like, no, not. no, no, we would never paint like this. This is just like, we're doing the local thing. And I was like, right. oh, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. where, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause you know, sometimes, I mean, in a dream world, you would see some cool art on set and then be like, Hey, can I take that home? Cause it's just right. so hard to source art that you like. Right. So expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also just like, it's not a lot of, it's not great. Right. And so it would be nice to see some that you like at your job and get to take it home. But right. what other, I, this is what a, what an actor perk. So many jobs right. don't have that option. Lift so. things for free. Yeah. Well, Kelly, I think, I don't know about you, we're being a little, we're stinkers today. I think we're in a little bit of a... Uh, yes, we are both in a, some sort of funk, huh? Yeah, yeah. So rather than subject all of you to any more of this, I think we're going to call it a day. I mean, this, I do love this episode. If you haven't watched it yet, everyone go check it out. Yes. The Season DVD commentary, which we listened to, is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually co-written by the Dooley Brothers they were a writing duo that joined up this season and they are just really great together. And maybe we'll have a couple, one or both of them on sometime soon. And, um, yeah. And check out the DVD commentary and certainly email us at writingaroundpod at gmail.com. If If you're watching thoughts or questions, we don't mean to make you feel excluded when we say DVD commentary, you know, because who really does have a DVD player these days, except for maybe the two of us. But it (sighs) really is something a little extra special if you can get your hands on some DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. Hope everyone has a wonderful week as we... Yes wrap up February and head into March. Yeah. We love you so much. And thanks as always for listening. Onward and upward. See you next week. Hong Kong. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.